Dear listeners, please be advised this episode contains explicit content. You're listening. You're listening. You're listening. You're listening. MCCC. Build mode. Nancy Landgrab. If these terms are familiar to you, you'll be happy to know TS4 is the topic of this week's episode. My name is Elizabeth Dowdell, and I'll be your host for the next half hour of environmental news, stories, and ideas. Before we start our episode, we would like to acknowledge that we are situated on Treaty 6, the historic and present territory of Cree, Métis, Blackfoot, Dene, and many other First Peoples that live and gather here. This week, we're bringing you a conversation with freelance writer and editor and Terran Forma alum, Sophia Osborne. On August 13th, Sophia had an article published in the magazine Passage, which covers politics, economics, and culture from a left-wing perspective and is written by Canadian authors. Originally pitched during a Terra Informa meeting, this article is inspired by a beloved institution grappling with how to engage with the reality of the climate crisis. Now you'd be forgiven for thinking this is another college divestment piece, but the institution we really want to talk about is The Sims. In June of this year, the Eco Lifestyle Expansion Pack was finally released for Sims 4. After months of anticipation from the dedicated Sims community, many found this new game, which touted opportunities to play to change and make a difference, wasn't quite living up to the hype. Let's listen to Sophia, a longtime Sims gamer, as she explains what wasn't quite right in her own words. This is Sophia Osborne, and this is a piece called How the Sims Reflects the Inadequacy of Eco-Capitalism. The Sims has always been an aspirational, dream-fulfilling game. In The Sims, you can have the nuclear family you always wanted, the five-bed, three-bath house you can't afford, and perfect clothes, hair, and body. You can be an actress, astronaut, or famous author whose fans will faint when you walk into the room. It's an alternate, happier universe, free from discrimination and political strife. Hence my amazement when, in May, The Sims 4 team announced their newest expansion pack, which seemingly makes climate change canon in the game's universe. I've played every iteration of The Sims since I was 8, and as much as I appreciate the escape it provides, I was excited to see the game take on an issue I care about so much. Yet, as I started playing the new eco-lifestyle pack, It became clear to me that like much of mainstream Western environmentalism, The Sims is more focused on selling a lifestyle than real change. We should be concerned that this could be the first introduction to environmentalism for many of the more than 30 million people who play The Sims. Like every Sims expansion pack, eco-lifestyle comes with a new neighborhood. In this case, it's Evergreen Harbor, a portside industrial town with shabby, mundane homes. With the new pack, 
Your lifestyle decisions impact the world around you, raising or lowering your neighborhood's eco-footprint. As a neighborhood becomes more green, it transforms. The litter and smog disappear, the boring houses and apartment buildings take on the contemporary feel of glass and wood, the roofs sprout green grass. When the trailer for this pack was released, Sims players jokingly referred to it as the gentrification pack. Growing up around Vancouver, I immediately recognized this aesthetic and its accompanying lifestyle. So, in the spirit of the new pack, I created a sim with a septum piercing and trendy, sustainable-looking clothes. I made her house a haphazard stack of shipping containers with solar panels lining the roof, a rainwater collection tank in the yard. She would brew her own kombucha from the strawberries in her garden and make her own candles from soybean wax, which she would then sell at the local craft market. I also made her a recycled disciple, a new personality trait that comes with the game. This is the same eco-lifestyle I see marketed to me when I scroll through Instagram posts from thin, white influencers raving about their new, ecologically responsible clothes and swimsuits, or when I'm listening to a podcast and the hosts take an ad break to talk about a sustainable comforter and natural and green skincare brand, before remarking at how amazing it is that, quote, these brands are doing something for the earth. A lifestyle is something you can purchase. You can't buy a whole new economic system, but you can buy bamboo leggings and a vertical garden for your apartment. Through the marketing of a sustainable and trendy lifestyle, environmentalism is expertly folded back into capitalism, rendering it an aesthetically pleasing but empty shell of its radical, anti-capitalist potential. As such, the new eco-lifestyle pack reveals how environmentalism has been integrated into the mainstream. For many, environmentalism centers around personal consumer decisions. Buying sustainable clothes or choosing an electric car that can fit comfortably within capitalism, as opposed to communal efforts that call for immediate systemic change, like the protests and legal action against the Trans Mountain Pipeline expansion and other fossil fuel projects. The Sims' decision to name the new pack Eco Lifestyle is in itself particularly revealing. It's not the climate change, overthrow capitalism, or even sustainable living pack. It's about a lifestyle. The philosopher Slavoj Žižek calls this ecological bullshit. We're encouraged to take small, personal actions like sorting out our recycling or buying fair trade coffee to fight environmental destruction when, in Canada, upstream oil and gas production is consistently the largest source of greenhouse gas emissions in the country, pushing our carbon footprints to be the highest of all G20 countries. In The Sims and real life, many of us are able to live out an ideological fantasy in which consumption can fix this problem. Because we consume well, we feel absolved of responsibility as we show off our aesthetically pleasing eco-lifestyle to others. One Sims YouTuber tried as hard as she could to make the new Sims world polluted by filling every lot with industrial generators and fireplaces, but her eco-footprint never strayed below neutral. What the Sims and a lot of us are missing is serious reflection on the consequences of inaction. Tellingly, the words climate change never appear in all the marketing for the eco-lifestyle pack. It's implied by the existence of solar panels, wind turbines, and the ability to vote for green initiatives, 
but the real catastrophic problem facing our world is obfuscated. There's smog, acid rain, and litter on the ground, but there aren't devastating droughts and floods. Your sim can't die in a wildfire or see their town disappear under rising sea levels. Sometimes they just get kind of sad because their neighborhood isn't green, and that's about the worst that can happen. The exclusion of climate change itself lets the Sims paper over the incommensurability between capitalism and environmentalism, allowing players to enjoy the conspicuous consumption of an eco-lifestyle without the pesky 250,000 deaths per year projected to come from climate change. The game shows us what mainstream environmentalism has become. If The Sims is a mirror, then we need to take a hard look at ourselves and heed the warning. In The Sims, there aren't any real consequences to inaction, but if we keep focusing on eco-lifestyles in real life, there will be. You're listening to Terra Informa. We just heard Terra Informa alumni Sophia Osborne read an article she wrote for Passage Magazine about the Eco Lifestyle Expansion Pack released this year for The Sims 4. Sophia and I caught up to dig a little deeper into the experience of freelance writing on the topic of climate change and how The Sims and the new expansion pack is more than just a game. talked about this this episode pitch back when you were a Terra Informer. Now it is a published article in Passage Magazine. Can you tell me about that? What was that like? This story is interesting in particular, I think, because like you mentioned, I've been thinking about it for quite some time. It must have been at least last summer. I think The Sims released a different expansion pack. It sort of started to introduce some of these conservation issues into the game. Definitely not anything like solar panels or wind turbines that are included in the eco-living one. So I was starting to think about it then, and I was like, wow, it's interesting that The Sims is kind of starting to bring this up. But then once this eco-living pack came out, I was like, wow, there's really something here. Like, they're fully tackling this issue in a way. I mean... Like I said in the article, it's not fully, fully in maybe the way that I would hope that they would do it. But yeah, I just thought that was interesting. So I started to pitch this story around because I thought there was something here. Like I'd read The New Yorker, I think it was like a year or maybe a year and a half ago. They had such a great article about a different earlier Sims expansion pack called Get Famous that brought in like all this stuff about vloggers and just kind of how it illuminated the way fame works in, Mm. you know, 2019. And it was so cool. And I loved that I knew that the people who were reading this article were people like my dad, who probably had never read The Sims, but that it was, it wasn't really about The Sims. It was about what The Sims reflects back to us. And so I wanted to pitch this as like, I want to do this, but about environmentalism. And (laughs) it's really funny because like I cared about the story so much. I really wanted to do it. I wanted to get paid to do it. So I pitched it to Passage, and the editor got back to me, and he had a few more questions about it. Basically, like, 
you know, why should someone who doesn't care about The Sims care about this? Like, is this really relevant to environmentalists? So, yeah, I kind of sold it to him more, and I convinced him, so we went forward with it. And I'm really happy that it was published in Passage because that just pushed me to take it in a more, I don't want to say extreme direction, but to just really push my thinking towards, like, how how is this about capitalism in the end and, you know, how capitalism and environmentalism are incommensurable, you know? So I'm happy that it ended up there. Is there anything that the Sims eco lifestyle expansion pack gets right? I think I made the article quite black and white because of the nature of Passage and just that it is, I think, a big part of writing for Passage is about honing your argumentative skills in terms of writing, like, an opinion essay. But it's not, it's definitely not a black and white issue. And I think I felt so conflicted about the pack because the lifestyle that I talk about in the article you know, these sort of performative parts of environmentalism, they're also really fun. And I kind of like being able to, you know, have my Sims wear like, I don't know, thrifted looking clothes or sustainable looking leggings or to be able to brew their kombucha or (laughs) shop at the farmer's market and stuff like that. I mean, it is quite fun and it does do a good job of letting you kind of simulate what's popular right now like the sort of milieu we're in now I think it is really important that they're bringing these parts into the game like yeah I like that they're saying hey when you think about your dream life why don't you think about having solar panels on your house or why don't you think about growing your own vegetables things like that I think that is important Um, why don't you think about community spaces that's kind of a big part of the new pack that I didn't really talk about a lot in the article, but they bring in like these community spaces that are kind of derelict when you start the game and then you can vote with the community to, I mean, community of like non-player characters, you, you kind of try to persuade them and stuff. You, you vote to turn them into like a, a maker's market, I think is what it's called, or you can go to like yeah, brew kombucha or, like, make furniture and stuff like that. Or, like, a community garden. I mean, that's quite... One, it's cute, but it's also... I like that idea. (laughs) And I think that sort of imagining a better world, that's certainly part of it. It's just, to me, I wish it went further. Like, if you're going to tackle climate change, like, please don't just give me the good parts of it. But then that turns it into a whole other game, doesn't it? Because who really wants to play, like, an apocalyptic game in in The Sims. That's not really what The Sims is about. So I think that's one of the maybe issues of the game, of the expansion, is just it seems to be kind of, like, of two minds about what it wants to do. I think it has those positive aspects that are really bastards and actually, like, quite radical. I mean, there's a new personality trait that's, like, freegan, you know? So... Your sim will be, like, really upset if they buy anything and, like, they want to 
dumpster dive for everything um, that they eat and that they wear and like all their furniture and that kind of thing. So that's, I mean, that's extremely radical and like really cool that they added that to the game. But then I think there's also inherent to the Sims. There's, it's just such a capitalistic game. It's, it's about clothes. It's about lifestyle. It's about furniture. It's about property, (laughs) building houses. So I think these things are a bit in conflict with each other in the game, but I don't know. I guess it it allows you to create, you know, you you could have like capitalistic business people and you could have freegans in your game. So I guess that is pretty reflective of reality. But I guess I wonder about what was their goal with the game in terms of like what kind of message did they want to spread? I mean, it's interesting. You can look up articles because, you know, I'm not really the first person with this idea. I mean, when the game pack or when the expansion pack got announced, there were quite a few sort of think pieces, you know, in places like Vice about, oh, what does it mean that environmentalism is coming into The Sims? No one really took such like a radical stance about it, I guess, as I did that I saw, but it was just kind of starting to question like, oh, what's this going to be like? And I think, you know, someone high up on The Sims team was interviewed in one of those articles and they were saying like they really didn't want to pass judgment about environmental stuff they just wanted because Mm -hmm. the whole point of the sims is like play with life like Mm -hmm. they wanted people to be able to create like a smog apocalypse if they wanted to or to have like a perfect utopia if they wanted to and they just they weren't trying to have an environmentalist message with it and i think that's quite a cop-out that that annoys me But The Sims also doesn't have, I mean, there are, like, cheats where you can murder people and stuff, but I think it's a bit unfair for The Sims to say, oh, you know, with Mm. environmentalism, we're not, you can do whatever you want, we don't, we're not trying to have, like, a message with this. We won't touch the morality of the climate crisis. Exactly, like, I think they were trying to avoid being political with it, but it's, like, if you're bringing basically climate change without saying it, I mean, I have to reiterate that climate change is never mentioned which I think is maybe like the most glaring point that they like it really shows that they were trying to be apolitical about it or like not take a side but it's climate change I mean <laughs> like I'm not a big fan of like that whole part of the marketing and everything talked about aesthetic a lot in this game but it's very it is very much a lifestyle it's very much a look i want to talk about a little bit is how aesthetic an image can be harnessed harnessed to change social norms i've recently been intrigued with this kind of question of the environmentalist aesthetic and it was this expansion pack that kind of brought it into focus for me or allowed me to kind of under understand what was going on or or at least start to understand what was going on because I don't know I mean even take take a a typical Terra Informa meeting we're probably all going to show up with a mountain equipment co-op backpack and a Nalgene water bottle like the Nalgene water bottle for sure right (laughs) I think part of the reason that this expansion pack resonated with me so much is because I'm from Vancouver and, you know, I go to Victoria pretty frequently and yeah, it's, it's just such a kind of 
the aesthetic feels like dogmatic almost it's but it's also it's not inherently bad at all it's not bad to be like I I love the aesthetic of making my own jam and like (laughs) yeah like having my own garden and um wearing like thrifted or vintage clothes or whatever like if everyone did that I mean that would be amazing like if this is the kind of thing that that we're being basically peer pressured into doing because this is what's like cool yeah I guess the world would be a much brighter place but how like I see multiple sides of this aesthetic and I think one of the sides is really dangerous and that's the kind of empty sustainability side of it not the growing your own food wearing thrifted clothes part that I would argue is legitimately sustainable but this other side that I really see on Instagram and YouTube I would say because I love like I have to admit that I like for some reason love vlogs like I just (laughs) I want to see some like rich white girl in New York and her lifestyle like I just do but the amount that vloggers influencers podcasters push like quote-unquote sustainable products that are expensive it's questionable whether they're sustainable at -hmm. all or like even green and it's all about selling things it's all about consumption so I don't know if this I don't think this ended up in the actual article but last year I bought bamboo leggings for yoga because I wanted cute leggings and I was like these look sustainable and they kept coming up on my Instagram ads and I was like I'm gonna do it like I'm definitely influenced by this kind of marketing but that's what it is I think like it's it's marketing it's not so much you know this is what your friends are doing or wearing it's this is what I'm seeing on Instagram or YouTubers things like that so that's a very powerful and subtle sort of difference right yeah I think these things that are actually like grassroots and are about the community and come from you know maybe you or your friends or whatever like really doing the research into what's actually sustainable etc I think that's what will really make more of a difference making the huge sacrifices really a first draft of this article was all about how this eco lifestyle that's being sold to us is one that says hey you don't need to make any sacrifices actually being an environmentalist is like the most aesthetic cool thing ever and you can still buy a lot of stuff and be an environmentalist (laughs) and it's like the future is going to be great and bright and you're going to look great doing it and all that kind of thing that disturbed me because whenever I buy stuff (laughs) there's like that part that part in the back of my brain that's saying like what are you doing you know and I think we need to be more aware of that and we need to be more aware that but we need to figure out how we can make these sacrifices in, I don't know, in a, in a way that can still somehow be enjoyable. Like, I think gardening for yourself, I keep bringing that up. These kinds of things that are, like, actually, that are actually sustainable and that we can actually do ourselves and that are compatible with <laughs> with actually, like, surviving as a human race. Mm-hmm. Those would be good things to focus on rather than buying more sustainable stuff 
And that's why The Sims is, I think, so illustrative because The Sims is such a individual-focused game, and I think it it does a good job of reflecting like how a lot of us, at least in like Western countries, kind of view our lives. Like everything revolves around you, the like playable character. <laughs> You're not really focused on like the community as much, or things like that, or the world. <laughs> here at Terra Informa, I talked about my dad all the time because he's such a kind of hero to me, and especially in terms of environmentalism and just his commitment to it, he hates flying, and, you know, he had some health complications, so he wasn't able to, but he was planning to come visit me in Scotland on a cargo ship because he didn't want to fly, and so I really admire his commitment, Mm -hmm. but he, you know, he enjoyed the Sims article, but at the same time, he was kind of he was like, I get what you're saying, but I also, like, as an individual, need to feel like I can make a difference. Like, I don't, he said, I don't know if, like, anyone will feel good after reading the article. Like, I don't think it really absolves anyone. <laughs> you brought up ecological bullshit as an idea. What if we called ecological bullshit more often on our peers or on our influencers? And I feel like this article did it in a really public way. Like, you were calling bullshit on The Sims, which is, like, an institution for so many people. That's what I liked about about The Sims in general, is the way that it reflects ourselves back to us. It's just such a good way of capturing the moment and, like, distancing ourselves from it enough that we can see how things are getting absurd. I think that if that helps people see or understand a bit more like what ecological bullshit looks like in their own life or in the lives of people they know or say when your university is like trying to greenwash itself or like Suncor or Enbridge or something (laughs) is trying to greenwash themselves. Mm -hmm. If we can realize how like weird and absurd it is. I mean, I had the example in the article of this one podcast that I was listening to for a while. They would do these commercial breaks in the middle and they'd be like, try BioClear, like... I just love that brands are, like, doing so much for the environment. I love that you can, like, shop and save the environment at the same time. When I heard that, I just paused it and wrote it down because I was like, that is absurd. So if we could call that out more, like, I'd love to see people in, in the comments on their Instagram posts being like, are you serious? I think that's one interesting way to, like, normalize not sort of falling for that greenwashing or... I'm not really into cancel culture, but I think it's important to have call-out culture and accountability culture and be called out if you're buying into something that's fake or you're selling something that's fake. Like, it, it happens on the highest level and at kind of the most personal level, I think. And we call it out when it comes to, I mean, racism and stuff. We're not, obviously, we're not perfect at that at all, but I think it's getting more normalized that, hey, if something is, like, racist or sexist, like, call it for what it is. And I think it should be the same for things that are, like, anti-science or that are just greenwashing. Like, call it out when you're talking about, like, clean natural gas or something like that. I mean, that's greenwashing. Like, let's call it what it is, you know? I don't know that I've really ever felt that same sort of ecological movement and that empowerment to, like, call out ecological bullshit. It's just painted as so 
political in a way that people don't want to touch when they're willing to to engage with some of these other like identity pieces but like is being a part of the planet really an identity (laughs) it's one that we all share at least You can hear more from Sophia in her own podcast, Beyond Blathers, where she joins another Terra Informa alum, Olivia de Bercier, to talk about the video game Animal Crossing. Each episode shares facts about a different insect, fish, or fossil featured in the game. That's all the time we have for this week. I've been your host, Elizabeth Dowdell. Thanks for listening. Terra Informa is a production of CJSR 88.5 FM, and all our content is created by a team of volunteers. This episode was written, recorded, and produced by yours truly, with support from Andrea Miller. You can reach our team for comments or questions via email, terra at cjsr.com, or message us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram at Terra Informa. For previous episodes, check out our website, terrainforma.ca. We'll catch you next week, right here on Terra Informa.